Hello everyone and welcome to the Fox Official Seats. I'm your host, Alec Callahan, and just like last week, there is a lot of news to go over. We got box office numbers, Disney raising the prices of their streaming services, and new movie release dates. Let's start with the domestic top five. Opening in first place is Bullet Train with $30.1 million. In second place is League of Super Pets with $11.2 million for a total of $45.1 million. Third place was Nope with $8 million for a total of $97.5 million. Fourth place was Thor Love and Thunder with $7.6 million with a total now of $316 million. Fifth place was Minions The Rise of Gru with $7.1 million for a total of $334.5 million. Also, we did have another film open up this weekend from Universal uh, called Easter Sunday, which made $5.2 million, coming in in 8th place. For Universal, this was clearly a dump move and likely contractually obligated to release it in theaters. Uh, there was no chance any executive there thought releasing a movie set around Easter toward the end of summer would be a great idea. So obviously the big release this past weekend was Bullet Train, the ensemble cast led by Brad Pitt and directed by David Lettich, opened, I'd say, on the lower end of expectations. This wasn't expected to open big, but just by a hair opened above $30 million. Reviews of the film are currently mixed with a 54% around Tomatoes, and it also got a B-plus cinema score from the audience. I'd say the goal for Sony domestically is to get this film to 100 million, which, while not impossible, is not going to be easy. They are going to have to hope it has good word of mouth, and with the lack of big competition for the month, it can help. I'd say as long as it doesn't completely collapse, then I think it'll just make it like a domestic finish of 102 million. League of Super Pets is, at least domestically, doing average, but at this rate, it's starting to fall behind pretty, pretty big, uh, and will not make a profit at the box office even with its worldwide total, which we'll get to in a minute. Again, this needed at least $200 million worldwide, ideally 250 to start to turn a profit. Not even at $50 million domestic right now, that's not good. Finally, as expected, Nope will at least pass $100 million and can still finish with at least $120 million domestically. Now let's look at China, where it looks like they have a local hit on their hands. Moon Man, once again, came in first place with $60.2 million for a total of 297.7 million. Opening second place was an action film called Warriors of Future with 20.6 million. And with previews, it's now at 29.9 million. Third place was Almost Love with 2.4 million for a total of 10 million. And fourth place was Lighting Up the Stars with 1.8 million for a total of 247.8 million. And lastly, in fifth place was Detectives First Sleuth with 1.4 million for a total of 102.3 million. So China finally has a big blockbuster thanks to Moon Man, and even the other local films are doing nicely, like Detectives vs. Sleuths and Lighting Up the Stars. It's good to see that their box office is starting to return to normal. As for Hollywood films, Minions The Rise of Gru has gotten a release date. Universal will release the film August 19th, the last film in the franchise, Despicable Me 3, made $152 million there, but I don't think this will get anywhere close. 
First film has been on VOD now for over a week, so if chi people in China really wanted to see it, they can find streams of it online. Also, the film has been out in most of the world for over a month, so they can read spoilers and see if it's even worth watching. I think it will do okay, but don't be surprised if it, this one finishes in the 30 to $50 million range. Still, for Hollywood Studios, Universal and Warner Brothers seem to be the only ones in China's good graces to get their films approved. Looking at worldwide numbers, Bullet Train did open in 57 markets globally and made $32.4 million for a worldwide opening of $62.5 million. That is a solid start to the film, and if it can hold out over August, it could finish with at least $200 million worldwide. League of Super Pets made another $11.4 million for a total of $83.4 million. Unlike Bullet Train, it's looking like this is going to be harder to make $200 million if it gets there at all. Uh, I still think around 140 million is possible, but 200? I'm not sure. Top Gun Maverick continues to fly with 10.3 million for a worldwide total of 1.35 billion. Minions The Rise of Gru made 15.9 million for a total of 757.9 million worldwide. Jurassic World Dominion is really trying to hit a billion. It actually made 6.2 million and is now at 960.1 million. I said it wouldn't hit a billion, but it actually now has a small chance. I could be wrong on this. If Universal gives it an end of summer push, it can get right over the line. Finally, Thor Love and Thunder is right at 700 million, technically 699 million, after making 11.1 million over the weekend. We start off the news in Hollywood, sadly, with a death. Olivia Newton-John has passed away at the age of 73. No cause of death was announced, but she has been battling breast cancer on and off since 1992. Her biggest film was Grease, which she co-starred with John Travolta. Thoughts go out to her family during this terrible time. We now move on to Warner Brothers, where there are some updates. First, Deadline has the exclusive on this and that is there might be another returning character for the Joker sequel. They are reporting that Zazie Beetz is close to signing on to return as Sophie from the first film. She was Joker's neighbor. If she does return for the sequel, I think it can absolutely work. From the first film, Joker was having thoughts that she was in a, he was in a relationship with her, and that turned out to be all fake. So if the sequel is going to take place in Arkham, who is to say she can't show up as a figment of his imagination or thoughts? It writes itself. As for another DC actor, Ezra Miller continues to cause problems around America. Vermont State Police have charged him with a uh, charge of felony burglary. He has already been issued a citation for the charge and has to appear in court for it by the end of September for arraignment. This is just another crime added to Miller's record this year, including terrorizing people when he was in Hawaii a few months ago. Not sure why the police have not arrested him on a charge and have him post bail. It's a bit weird. But seriously, at this point, he needs to either be in jail or get help, because it's just going to get worse. Now let's talk about Universal. First, they announced a partnership with Majid Al-Fatim Distribution. Probably not saying that right. This is a subsidiary of the overall company Majid Al-Fatim Leisure Entertainment and Cinemas. And the purpose of this partnership is they will, starting next year, handle distribution for Universal films in some countries in the Middle East. This includes... Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, Kuwait, and Qatar. They also own the largest cinema chain in the Middle East, Fox Cinemas. 
I don't know enough about the box office market in the Middle East to say if this is a good deal or not for Universal. What I will say is they are making moves, and they need to, as the Middle Eastern market has been growing quite a bit over the last few years and will continue to do so. Clearly, they are making a partnership with one of the big companies, as not only do they own Fox Cinemas, they actually already handle distribution for Warner Brother Films. So for them, this would be the second major Hollywood studio they will be working with. In other news from Universal, and more specifically DreamWorks, they have announced that not only is Kung Fu Panda 4 is in production, it'll be coming out March 8th, 2024. That's about it for details. Uh, it's not clear who the director is or what will the story be either. I was a bit surprised this was announced, but I think it makes sense. Kung Fu Panda is one of DreamWorks' bigger franchises, and the last one actually came out in 2016. So by the time 4 comes out, there will have been an 8 year gap, if you can believe it. So it's not like they're pumping this one out for an easy payday. They're clearly taking their time with it. Box office-wise, as long as it's good, I think at this point the franchise is old enough to cash in on some nostalgia, as the first one came out in 2008. There will now be kids who have grown up with these films that they might want to go see the known. The question at this point for me and most millennials is, where oh where is Shrek 5? And the last story we got from Universal is an exclusive from Deadline, where they are reporting Emily Blunt is joining The Fall Guy. It's a film remake of a show of the same name, from the 80s and already has Ryan Gosling starring in it and David Leitich directing. She will now co-lead with Gosling and is only expected to be released a week before Kung Fu Panda 4 uh, coming out March 1st, 2024. I'm a fan of both Blunt and Gosling, so for these two leading film I think it will work great. It's just another movie on my list of ones I look forward to. Now let's go to Paramount where they have announced a release date of Sonic the Hedgehog 3. The film right now is set to be released on December 20th, 2024. The studio, I assume, is thinking it'll be great counter-programming to the big film during that holiday season, Avatar 3. Which I think they might be right. Bumblebee did good counter-programming to Aquaman a few years ago, and so far, for Sonic, it's been building momentum over the past two films. Along with this, they announced that their Smurfs animated musical will come out February 14th, 2025. Should be noted, this is the first animated film for the Smurfs from Paramount. The last three animated ones you might remember, those were from Sony. The next story is less about Paramount and more about their star, Tom Cruise. Deadline is exclusively reporting what his plans might be after Mission Impossible 8. Right now, post that film, he's looking at three different projects with Christopher McQuarrie. The first is a musical with Tom Cruise as the lead. The second is a new action film that could be turned into a franchise. And then they both want to do something with Cruz's Les Grossman character from Tropic Thunder, but it is unclear if that would be a film, a short, a show, a side character in a different film. It does sound like after Mission Impossible, Cruz wants to branch out a bit, and that makes sense as just about all of his films over the past 10 years are all action films. Personally, I hope they do something with the Les Grossman character. I think for that one, if they make a film with him and his team running a studio dealing with issues, that could be a hit. The one issue with Grossman is he is over the top all the time, so while he would be the main character, I think you need a solid ensemble to balance him out and keep the audience interested. Oh yeah, and Tom Cruise still needs to go to space to film for another film, so he is going to be uh, pretty busy. Finally, we finish up with a release date for The Sun from Sony Classics. The Sun is a follow-up of The Father from Florence Zeller, 
and the cast includes Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, and Vanessa Kirby. It is set to come out on a limited release in New York City and Los Angeles November 11th, and then move to a wider release at a later date. I would say this is one to keep an eye out on for the award season, as the father got a few nominations when it came out, and Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor for it. So there's only one big story for VOD Premium this week, and that is Disney. First, let's talk about their latest subscription numbers. Over the last quarter, Disney Plus gained 14.4 million new subscribers, beating expectations of gaining 10 million. For Disney Plus, this puts its total at 152 million, and if you include Hulu and ESPN Plus, they now have surpassed Netflix. This was something the company wanted to point out as overall for their subscriber total. They are now at 221 million passing Netflix's 220.6 million. For Hulu, they are at 46.2 million, and ESPN Plus is at 22.8 million. Before we get into other news, these are great numbers for Disney. Now, I don't put too much weight into them passing Netflix since they have three separate services. But even just focusing on Disney Plus, they are now just under 70 million subscribers away from passing them, and could do so in the next three, maybe four years. One stat I'd love to know, though, that they'll probably never talk about is how many of these subs are from that all-in-one bundle they offer because I think a decent amount of ESPN plus subscribers are from that but they'll never say as for them beating expectations in regards to subscriptions it's not that surprising for Disney plus Obi-Wan Kenobi was a big hit for them and I'm not sure if it was counted in this quarter or not but adding Doctor Strange in July also likely got them a decent increase in subscribers as well Now let's talk about the bigger news from the company's quarterly earnings call, and that is the price hikes for everyone. So with rising interest rates, Disney, like others in Hollywood, are looking more at profitability now than growth at all costs. Right now, they will continue to spend what they are planning for new content, but with that being the case, they will now be doing price hikes across the board. The price hikes will take effect December 8th, where the ad tier rolls out. When the ad tier does release, it'll cost $7.99 per month, the same as the ad free tier cost right now. The ad free tier will get a price increase to $10.99 per month, or $109.99 yearly. Starting on October 10th, Hulu with no ads will increase from $12.99 to $14.99 per month, and the ad supported tier will cost $1 more, moving up to $7.99 per month. With all of these price increases and new tiers, Disney will also be offering new bundles. This includes Disney Plus and Hulu with ads for $9.99 per month. The same bundle, but with ESPN Plus thrown in for $12.99 per month. And staying the same as the Disney Plus and Hulu with no ads, with ESPN Plus with ads for $19.99 per month. In part of their defense for the price increases, here is what Kareem Daniel, chairman of Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution, said. Quote, with our new ad-supported Disney Plus offering, and an expanded lineup of plans across our entire streaming portfolio, we will be providing greater consumer choice at a variety of price points to cater to the diverse needs of our viewers and appeal to an even broader audience, end quote. With all of these changes, Disney is still expecting Disney Plus to become profitable sometime in 2024. No word on what the timeline is for Hulu and ESPN Plus to do the same. I will say I was uh, surprised a bit by the price hikes. I assumed they would launch the ad tier at a lower price of say $5 a month, and then over the next few years increase the price of both the ad and the ad free tier. But I take it financially they need to do the hike now. I also wonder how many people will cancel due to the price hikes. I think Hulu will be fine as it's 
price hike is modest, but for Disney Plus people, you know, they went from start of the year paying $7.99 per month, and now they will end paying an extra $3 a month. For some, that will be a sticker shock, especially as the economy dances around a recession. The Q4 and Q1 2023 reports that will come out next year will be interesting to watch if there was any loss in subscribers or a slowdown of growth, like maybe they only gain 1 or 2 million new subscribers. I also wonder if this affects Netflix's plan for their ad-supported tier. Like, the assumption is it would be cheaper than the $9.99 per month, but if Disney's is going to make it the current price tier and then up the ad-free one, is Netflix going to do something similar? I hope not, because I'm not sure if their customers will take another price hike right now. And we wrap up VOD Premium with some updates on films currently streaming. Prey has become the biggest film to premiere on Hulu and internationally for Star and Star Plus. 20th Century Studios did not say how many hours the film was watched over its opening weekend, however. On one hand, this is great news for the film. It was a great film, and I'm glad to see people are giving it a chance and are interested in watching it. However, the record of biggest film premiere on Hulu, that's not that big of a record, because let's be serious. How many big films premiered on Hulu? Not really until Prey. <laughs> So, I'm happy for them, but it's also not that big of a record. I just hope they continue to franchise in an anthology format. For Netflix, The Gray Man is now in 6th place of most watched films within the first 28 days. This is one of the measurements Netflix uses publicly to show a film's success. Right now it has a real chance of passing Extraction and The Atom Project, and will finish at least 4th place. That's not bad, but this ties Red Notice for being the most expensive film they produced. Now obviously, they'll still get more views after the first month, but it's going to be on the record that people are more interested in watching Bird Box than The Gray Man. Still, with the amount of films Netflix makes now, being in the top 5 isn't a worst case scenario, and maybe the future sequel can surpass it. And for Netflix and new releases, Day Shift is now out. That is the vampire hunting film starring Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Snoop Dogg. And that is it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, with the price hikes, are you going to keep subscribing to Disney Plus or Hulu or cancel? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.